Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Gary Rumbold. Amen. It's great to see you this morning. Um, we're going to go on a bit of a journey with the Word of God today. So just hang with me and we're going to go on a, you know, a little process. Um, Obviously, we're continuing our theme as, you know, living a, in a you know, worship lifestyle. Um, but today we're going to touch, really, the fear of the Lord and be, being in honour and awe of God. Okay? So that's where, we, that's where we're going to go. Um, so some of the, most of the scriptures will come up on the, on the, at the sides, and um, we'll just go through it. Okay, Isaiah 33, 5 and 6. If we can get that ringing just to come down, that would be great, thanks. Okay. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness. He will be a sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. And the fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. There is only one place we can look at at this present moment in the nation. We need to choose to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. God is not in turmoil, even though this nation might seem it's in turmoil. God is not in turmoil. God is not phased by what's happening with the corridors of power in Westminster. You know, we're called to pray for our leaders, We're not called to criticise them or be negative. So God's word says we're to pray for them. So through the heat of circumstances and heart attitudes that are being revealed, through what's happening at the moment, stuff is coming up in people's lives. Do you remember Jesus when, before he went to the cross, he went through a real time of testing, a real time of shaking. And at Gethsemane, he was pressed. Because when he was pressed... Nothing bad came out. When he was pressed, oil came out. The oil of life and the Holy Spirit. So that pressing needed to happen with Jesus so that we could be free today. So he and only he will be a sure foundation for our times. Amen? A rich store of salvation and wisdom. But the fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. The fear of the Lord is not grasped just by the natural mind, but it's etched into our hearts. It is revealed by the Holy Spirit as we read his word. It is one of the manifestations of the Spirit that God would impart it to the hearts of those who earnestly seek him. And this is what is said of Jesus. This is Isaiah 11, Isaiah 11, 2 and 3. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of power. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And look at verse 3. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Why was Jesus heard by his father? Because of that reverent heart attitude towards his father. But Jesus delighted in the fear of the Lord. I want us to pray again, you know, again, I know Rohan's pray, but I want us to pray in a minute, just to bow our heads in a minute. 
you just close your eyes now? Lord, I desire to know and understand the holy fear of the Lord. I realize this is impossible without the help of the Holy Spirit. Open my eyes to see, my ears to hear, and my heart that I might know and understand what you're saying to me this morning. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We'll just, keep, we'll just keep the word flowing at the moment because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So we'll let the word do its work and also God will inspire your heart by the Holy Spirit. So Leviticus 10. I'm going to use the New King James Version just for this one here. By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. And before the people, I must be glorified. You see, all true worship is anchored in a reverence and awe of who God is. This reverence is based in a deep reality of honour and awe of God in our hearts and our attitudes towards him. It's a heart attitude. God opens up our eyes. God gives us understanding of the reverence and the majesty of God. And that's what we're going to just shift into now. Psalm 5, verse 7. But I, by your great mercy, will come into your house. Isn't it great this morning that we can come not only into the house of God, but actually by the mercy of Jesus and what is done, we can actually come into the house. We can come into his house by his very mercy, by what he has accomplished, by the victory that he has won for you and me. His grace enables that to happen. In, I, but I, by your great mercy, will come into your house. In reverence will I bow down towards your holy temple. Where the Lord is reverenced, his presence and glory manifest. Where he's revered, where he's reverenced, and where his presence and glory manifests, needs are truly met. On the cross 2,000 years ago, God met every need that we will ever need. Everything Everything that he purchased for us, our victory and our freedom, He met it by the sacrifice of his son. And according to his glorious riches, he's wanting to pour down those riches. And, you know, Sunday morning, you know, or you at home as as that life of a worshipper, you can choose to come into his presence and receive from his bounty and his goodness. I don't just want to be in the presence of the king. I want the king to presence his glory. When he presences his glory, lives are changed. Miracles happen. Transformation happens. Something that can't be done in the natural is supernaturally changed by the glory of God. Do you get that, yeah? Now we can understand David's urgency in Psalm 34 verse 9. 
Fear the Lord, you saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. The New Living Translation says, Let the Lord's people show him reverence, for those who honour him will have all they need. This scripture isn't there, Sean. It says, Matthew 6, 33, But seek first his kingdom and righteousness, and all these things will be added. Seek first his kingdom. In this next little bit here, just using the word of God, I, I want to start pulling us into the greatness of God and, and to how big he is. Psalm 89, verse 6 and 7. For who in the heavens can be compared to the, to the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened to the Lord? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all those around him. See, on Sunday morning, when you're at home, we can join in heaven's activity. We join in to what heaven is actually doing. As we were worshipping today and as we were declaring who Jesus was, we're joining in thousands upon thousands, millions upon millions of angels around the throne of God. And Jesus' sacrifice enables me and you and, and the blood that he shed and the blood that washes us and makes us holy enables us to come and enter into that. Why? Because when we worship, we, we worship in spirit and truth, but we worship by faith. Like Pastor Rohan, I think he said this morning, he might have been in the prayer meeting, he said, but we live by faith, not by sight. If you looked, if you looked at what's happening around us, you would think, Jesus, where are you? In this nation at the moment, God, are you in control? Well, there is a God in control, and he's reigning far above every principality, far above every power, far above every dominion, far, far above everything that's ever been heard. And he looks through this, this wonderful, like, sea of glass. What does that represent from heaven? He sees every heart. He sees every man on this planet, every man and woman. And he knows what's going off in your heart. Isn't that amazing? God sees and God understands. Before we look into the deeper into the fear of the Lord, we must capture a glimpse of the greatness and glory of God. The psalmist first declares the awesome wonders of God. Who in the universe can compare to the Lord? For how... Can we duly respect and honour him if we remain unaware of his greatness or why he deserves it? The more extensive our comprehension of God's greatness, though in itself it is incomprehensible, the greater our capacity for fear or reverence of him. I'm going to challenge you, first of all, right, right at this moment in time, so what we're going to do now, we're going to go into the, to the might and the power and the majesty of God. And I'm just going to bring one challenge at the beginning here. The modern day church is surrounded by a culture that worships man. Have I, myself included, 
unwittingly reduced you down to the size that fits my limited understanding? Have I reduced God down to, to my own standards? Have I reduced him down to a small g? Well, in fact, he's the big G. I just want to challenge us there. Am I serving out of the image that I've created of God? Am I serving him? Am I living in awe and reverence out of the image that I've created? Let's just hear now Isaiah 40, verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Just hold out your hand now. Just hold out your hand. Any hand. Any hand will do. <laughs> Left or right, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I want you to see that God, God in all his greatness, can hold the whole of the oceans in the palm of his hand. He can hold this in the palm of his hand. Or with the breath of his hand marked out the heavens. Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in balance. Verse 15 says, Surely the nations are but a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Has any of us... And my wife uses flour to bake me cakes. That's why I look at the shape I do. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I am on a journey of eating healthy again. I've finally seen the revelation and the restoration of my body. We'll come into line with what heaven is supposed to be, not what it looks like now. But have you ever seen, you ever seen flour? You ever seen flour? Tiny specks of flour. Uh, the islands of this planet, this island that we gloriously thank God for, it's just like a tiny speck on the, on, the, on the palms of a God who's so mighty. And praise God he doesn't do... <laughs> because of Jesus, he doesn't do that. Yeah, He's got mercy. That's mercy on us. The Bible declares God can measure the heavens with the span of his hand. God can measure the heavens in the distance from his thumb to the tip of his, fall, of, of the, his finger. Just do that. Just lift your hand. Right? That tip to that tip. That's God's measuring stick for, for the universe, for the earth and the heavens. Fair play. Yeah? That's God's measuring stick. That's what he uses to measure with. I, years ago, I once, uh, I once <laughs> had a plumber come round to me and he said, uh, Gary, he said, I'm, I'm, can I come and I want to do a job for you? And uh, you know when, a, when, when you invite a plumber around and he, and he starts, um, he hasn't got a tape measure with him. It's not a good thing. Do you know what he did? He started off from one end of the sink and he used his hands to measure. And he was like, that, that, that chose, that made the thing for me. I'm not going to choose this, not going to choose this plumber. He was using his hands, but our God can use his hands. He can use his hands, literally like this, to measure out the universe, how great is our God. Isn't that mighty?
We must remember we serve the one who created the universe and the earth. He is from everlasting and will be everlasting. There is no, there is no other like him in wisdom. Now the next scripture isn't here. If you have your Bibles with you, that's really be really helpful. Because it's, it's... We're going to look at an encounter with a man, the prophet Isaiah, who encountered the Lord. That's Isaiah 6 and 1 to 5. So it's not on the screen. In the year that King Uzziah died, it's very easy sometimes to pass over something like that. You see, King Uzziah um, was the reigning king there. But what happened in his life, right at the end of his life, he decided to burn incense of his own making and go into the, into the temple. And the priests, but there were a lot of priests, they confronted him and said, what you're about to do is wrong, you mustn't do it. You see, what happened with, with uh, Uzziah is that he became proudful in his thinking. And that's what happens in our, in, our, in our hearts and minds. Pride can come in and we think we can do things our way. And when you read the story through through Isaiah, what happened is his life at the end wasn't good because the moment he did what he did, he suffered leprosy. And he was forever, you know. You see, what happened, what I think, I believe is happening here is in the year, because what happens with pride, pride blinds us from seeing who God truly is. Do you see that, yeah? So what he's saying, in the year that King Uzziah died, he couldn't see properly who God was. In the year King Uzziah died, now he can see again. And this is what I want us to, I want us to get excited this morning. Just smile at your neighbour. Just smile at your neighbour. Just smile. <laughs> In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him was Sarah's, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet, and two they were flying. And they were all calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Can we do that together? Holy, holy, holy. It's the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And again, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Interesting, he doesn't say, Lord, I live among a load of sinners. He said, Lord, I'm, I see how corrupted I am in the light of who you are. Yeah? Isaiah had a vision of the unsearchable glory of God. He saw the Lord in his throne room high and lifted up, and his glory filled the room. Around him stood massive angels called seraphim, 
who because of God's great glory cover their faces with their wings and cry out, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. These spectacular angels are not merely singing a song. They are responding to what they see. They're responding to what they see. Can you imagine here? We're not talking about a little fluffy thing that we might have in our heads. We're talking about these awesome created beings who were created for the glory of God. They've got two wings where they're flying. That keeps them up in the air. All right? Now they've got two. Yeah? I want you just to see this, how great God's glory is. They've got two covering their faces. Like that. Now they're seeing the glory veiled through these feathers, whatever the wings are. They're seeing the glory veiled through. So there's no, there's no flesh here, in a sense. Their, their faces aren't, you know, they're right next to the glory. They've, they've got feet that are showing, and then you've got two. They're covering their feet. So you've got these, you've got these, um, these, these feathers covering them like this. And you see... I would imagine, imagine the majesty, the power and the might of, these, of, of God. And, and, and they've, got their, they've got these feathers. I can imagine like the quaking and the, you know, they're looking through and they're looking through the facets of these feathers and they're singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. What's happening here? Moment by moment, they are receiving a revelation of how, how, God, how great God is. They're seeing a revelation of how mighty he is. You see, it's not just, it's not just one, you know what I mean, look at the Lord. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They're perpetually before the, the, king, you know, the throne. They're perpetually for, for God himself. And they're going, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. I've just glimpsed another little bit of him through these feathers. And I go, holy, holy, holy is God. Do you see that there? Just glimpse a little bit of who he is. Now that is going on in heaven right now. Perpetually since time began. Holy, holy holy yeah how big's your God how big is he in fact their combined cry was so loud that the posts of the door are shaken by their voices the entire room is filled with smoke well it's one thing for sound waves to shake a natural building here on earth but it's quite another matter to shake the doorposts of heaven's architecture. These angels have been around God's throne for untold ages, for time immeasurable. They, they experience a perpetual revelation of God's power and wisdom. His greatness is truly unsearchable. We see then that, that the glory of God is everything that makes God, God, all his characteristics, his authority, his power, his wisdom, literally the immeasurable weight and magnitude of God are contained within God's glory. Nothing is hidden or held back. The glory of the Lord is all that makes up God. This far surpasses our ability to comprehend and understand. Now here 
is the amazing good news I want to share with every one of us this morning. God's heart has always been to restore us to the glory that we experienced at the beginning of creation. God's heart wants to restore us. And the, and the way that he did that, he chose one person. He chose his son to bring restoration right in. To restore everything that, that sin had damaged, he chose his own son. When Jesus had fulfilled all his father had ordained him to do in his earthly ministry, he was sent to the cross as the sacrificial lamb. Jesus, the lamb of God, hung on the cross, shedding every drop of his innocent royal blood for us. Once this was done, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. God moved out. God's glory would never again be revealed in a building made with hands. Soon his glory would be revealed in the temple he had always longed to dwell in. So there was a time when God was worshipped in a man-made stru st structure. But now we're in a time when God wants to come and make his home with us. Don't you think that's marvellous? Don't you think that's amazing? The God that flung the galaxies in, into being and the stars into, begin, into being. The God that measures out the heavens and the earth with his hand. So wanted to come and live with us. He loved us so much. There's only one way that we can do this, son. You're going to have to go. And Jesus emptied himself in a sense of that glory and he came and, and walked in the confinement of a human being. And as a human being, he bled and died and took upon his body the sacrifice that enables you and me every day to have communion with him to intimately know him. That's why, that's why the, the reverence and the fear of the Lord is we mustn't lose sight of the one that we serve. In John 14, 23, Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him. Now listen to this. It's remarkable. And we will come to him and make our home with him. God's come that he wants to make home with you. Isn't that a miracle? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that... You see, we, we may devalue ourselves, but once Jesus has made you holy, he's made you holy forever. You're holy in his sight. That blood has cleansed you. It's made you holy. It's made you acceptable. There's nothing we can do in our performance that make us, makes us acceptable. 
because he has made us acceptable. Amen. Amen. You can smile because it is good news. It's good news. But we need to heed. There's, a, there's another passage in um, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in, is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Just say, I'm not my own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your body. I think in Romans, this isn't here, Sean, but in Romans it says, in view of God's mercy, let us offer our bodies. Let's offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Our attitudes, the way we are with people, how we speak, how we love. There's a reverence and an honour there. You were bought with a price that cannot be purchased by men, ordinary human beings. You were bought by God's Son. The most costly thing that flowed on this planet was the blood that dripped from his, from his body and fell onto the earth. The cost of your freedom was massive. Because of God's love, we can approach his throne of grace with confidence so that we receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Let's really understand his grace. His grace enables and empowers us to live a life full of holiness and obedience to the authority of God. So his power is given to us not that we would live selfish lives. Why? Because we've been crucified with Christ and our, you know, the life that we live, we live by faith in God's Son. But God gives his grace to us, enabling us to live a life of holiness and obedience to the authority of God. This scripture isn't up there, but it's, just, it's just in Hebrews. The writer of the Hebrews strongly encourages, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. We continue to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. This is amazing. For, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. That's Philippians 2. When we fear God, we will always place his interests and desires above our own. Jesus makes it clear that to follow him, we must first count the cost. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.